November 2019, Alistair Freeman wrote a post on his LinkedIn profile announcing he was starting a new job after being made redundant from the National Australia Bank, or NAB. Alistair had been with NAB for over 20 years. In fact, NAB was his first and only employer since he graduated. You see, many times I have told potential clients that they should not shy away from job hunting only because they have been with an organization for a long time. Many times people think that they need to go back to study and reskill since they feel disconnected from the job market. But Alistair didn't feel like that. If that is how you feel, however, I strongly encourage you to listen to this podcast. In his LinkedIn post, Alistair goes on to describe his experience job hunting. He started by thanking everyone that helped him and finished off by offering to pay it forward. His post was sent to me by one of our listeners and I loved it. Shout out to Paul. Thank you, Paul, so much for sending me Alistair's LinkedIn post. Alistair was not a connection of mine. In fact, he was not a Paul's connection either. But it shows the power of LinkedIn and how much people were interested in finding out more about his story, which went viral. In the post, Alistair described the rejections he received, the ghosting he got from some recruiters, but also pointed out the power of networking and that it had been fun for him to reconnect with great relationships he had lost touch with over time. It is rare for someone to share redundancy stories. So I didn't think twice and I immediately contacted Alistair and invited him to be interviewed for this podcast. And I'm happy that he agreed because he had so much more to say and a few surprises that I really enjoyed hearing about as well. So I hope that you will enjoy it too. Hi, I'm Renata Bernardi and today I have a very sore throat, so please bear with me. This is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I help you nail your next job and have the career that you want. If this is the type of content for you and you're currently on the market looking for a new job, if you are keen to get a new job in the near future, or if you want tips on how to advance and change careers, make sure you subscribe by clicking on the subscribe button, subscribe button on iTunes or Spotify. There is a button there somewhere in your podcast app. And if you subscribe, you will get the um, weekly notifications. The episode notes for this podcast will include information on where to find me, which is basically everywhere. But I hang out more on my Facebook page, Renata Bernardi, and on Instagram. Yes, I am on LinkedIn, of course, and you can connect with me there. But I don't post much about job hunting on LinkedIn because I don't want you discussing your change of job on LinkedIn. I don't recommend that. So that's why I don't post it there. So I invite you to ask away um, on this podcast private Facebook group, which has the same name, the Job Hunting Podcast. So if you Google it on, sorry, if you search for it on Facebook, you will find it very easily. The episode notes also have links to additional content that I uh, promise while I'm talking about things. I usually say, oh, there's a link to this or I'll um, point you towards this direction and you will find it in the episode notes. It also um, links to um, my website 
and I strongly recommend that you connect with me by signing up to my weekly newsletters. If you sign up to my weekly newsletters, you will get this um, new podcast episodes on your inbox every week. Um, on my website, you can also find out more about the work that I do. Um, you can book a private consultation with me, with me if you want, if you are looking to discuss your job hunting or career during a private online session, I'd love to talk to you. But a more cost-effective way would be possibly to uh, wait a couple of weeks until I launch the Job Hunting Made Simple online course. And um, that will be a, a way of helping job hunters nail their new job in a more cost-effective way for you. The course may be already live and the registrations could be open. Now let's jump back into the topic of the day. We're, we're going to soon listen to Alistair's interview, but first I want you to note this. Alistair's story of redundancy may be different from yours. If you're going through um, redundancy at the time of listening, it could be different, right? But there are still many lessons to be learned here. For example, um, the way that Alistair uses the disruption of the redundancy to reevaluate his lifestyle and where he wanted to live, um, to always be open to new sectors and new opportunities at times like this, and to have a positive mindset while job hunting because it is a very stressful experience, even for somebody very positive like Alistair. And it's important to keep that positivity um, and that nice frame of mind and also to have a good support system. I hope that this podcast can be part of your support system, as well as my weekly newsletter and the opportunity to interact with the Facebook page and the private group. All of these things can really help keep you motivated and accountable. So if you're wondering how Alistair dealt with his redundancy, where he is now and what he learned in the process, listen up. At the end of the interview, I will give you a link to an email template that I have used personally and I have given to clients to help them connect with headhunters and recruiters that they don't know. So this is kind of cold calling, but by email. I think it's important to find great recruiters that are experts in your field or sector or the field and sector that you want to move into and introduce yourself. So this template may hopefully help you, help you now or in the future. Keep it for you and use it when you need it. You will understand why I wanted to share this template with you once you hear Alistair's story. It will make more sense. So stay tuned and um, we will talk again afterwards. So I am going to start by congratulating you on getting your new job. Congratulations, Alistair. I'm so happy for you. Uh, thank you very much. It's, um, can, uh, can you tell us a exciting. little bit about where you're going and what you're going to do? Yeah, so it's very new for me. So I'm moving into a uh, change manager role with a not-for-profit um, organization. So oh, having been in finance for well over 25 years, um, it's a complete almost you call it the 180 um you know, they're two very different industries so yes um, oh that's really, very exciting yeah when i when i find my background i got was made redundant um in my time at nab and that was great never a great employer to me and everything else but um mm -hmm. yeah i got my redundancy and and 
it's interesting as you when you get to that point of having a redundancy, uh, you know, it gives you an opportunity to sit and really think about what's next and where you want to go next. And and not for profit was something that was pretty high on my list of where I would like to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, change management was something I'd really enjoyed um, being around and, and involved in through yes. um, my time at NAB and, and the opposite, the opportunity to have a positive impact mm-hmm. in an organisation that's making a positive impact in society is something yes. that just aligns beautifully with, with where I wanted to go next. So good on you. A very, very fortunate man. Yeah, yeah, I feel very fortunate indeed. And was this was this the first time you were made redundant, Alistair? Because you dealt with it so well. And I'm wondering if it's experience or, you know, just really savviness from your part. So it, definitely the first time I'd been with NAB for 27 years. So okay. I dropped out of uni and dropped into the workforce and um, okay. you know, dropped into NAB and okay. started at the bottom and, and worked my way through. And, and look, they were a, a fantastic employer to me. And, you know, uh-huh. I've got so many skills through my time at NAB. And uh-huh. um, the redundancy I knew was coming. So I think where uh-huh. I would suggest that, you know, on reflection, where I was fortunate was that I had knowledge of the redundancy coming. So I was able to, right. I suppose, I was excited about it, um, to be mm-hmm. quite frank. It, it was, I was ready for a change, and, and mm-hmm. um, but I also had the time to process what that change could look like. It wasn't one yeah. of those, oh, you've got four weeks to make you mind up. I, I had a bit more time than that to process it, yes. which was fortunate. And um, I know that NAB offers good outplacement. Do they offer you outplacement, and do you take part of those sort of opportunities? So it's great. It's actually, again, it's something that I've realised on reflection, just something that NAB did super well. And um, Uh, I was actually talking to my career coach yesterday as a bit of a rounding out, um, Uh you know, finishing up the the, the process, if you like. And um, Mm -hmm. certainly it was evident to me. And and in fact, my my, um, post, it's an interesting thing. And what I said to you earlier about LinkedIn being such a a powerful, um, I had a, message from a, after I put that post up last week I had a message from someone who wasn't in my network at all asking uh-huh. if I would be happy to speak to someone from his network uh-huh. who had been made redundant in another organization and was uh-huh. finding it hard to sort of find his mojo if you like um, yes and yes. that made me realize just how um, just how well NAB have set us uh, ex-employees up for success with the what they call the bridge, which is the process mm-hmm. they've set up for people leaving the bank, you know, and that's been, uh, to me, it certainly gave me focus and gave mm-hmm. me structure um, to enable a strong process of looking for work. Uh, and and without it, I think my outcome, I still think I would have had a positive outcome because I'm a fairly mm-hmm. positive person, mm-hmm. but I do think that the focus and structure the bridge brought to me enabled a quicker outcome for me than, than yes. I would have otherwise had if I was flying solo. Yes, but it's good that you notice that you have that positive attitude because the attitude and the confidence that you bring um, in those situations can really make a difference. I mean, this is kind of Harvard research. <laughs> well, uh, noteworthy that people um, have to, if they don't have that dial naturally as a trait, it's good for them to build that up. Um, well, and, uh, you know, I do, I, I personally, I do help with that as well. And look, Renata, I think it's it's a it's a very taxing um, aspect of life to, to look for work. It's, for sure, yeah. you know, it's a full time job looking for a job, mm-hmm. and the volume of you know knockback, the volume of you know the volume of no, the volume of ghosting and all that type of stuff. It yeah. 
can really dent you and really knock you about if you don't have, you know, you don't maintain a positive focus. And it's very mm -hmm. easy to lose that positive focus with the mm -hmm. volume of negativity that can come from the volume of applications. Because it's a, it's a contact sport, right? I had a friend say to me um, yes. early on, look, it's a contact sport. Just be ready to do a lot of, you know, a lot of coffees, a lot of catch-ups, a lot of CVs, a lot of conversations. And it is, it's just yes. a numbers game. Um, yes, yes. You worked in the um, job hunting for, for long. Did you start before September? Because I noticed that you left NAB in September. Is that right? No. Did you yeah, start looking yeah, I finished before? Up, no, I left NAB sort of back end of September. It took a little bit of time to just sort of um, chill out. And then probably about, yeah, I was probably about four weeks as I think about it of active, really active looking um, with a good focus and structure to it. Um, okay. And that, in that time, um, you know, there was a lot of, so it, was, it wasn't long. I think what I would say is it wasn't long compared to others from what I can understand. No, it um, wasn't long. It wasn't long. Do you think it's the um, sector that you're in, that there's a high demand for professionals like you? Well, see, it's interesting. So another part to another sidebar, I suppose, to my um, journey, Renata, is that when we found out that I was being made redundant, we made a choice to move from metropolitan Melbourne to the north coast of New South Wales. So oh, I, actually, I love that. I love yeah. that. So Excellent. it was a whole, because we knew the change was coming. So it was like, yes. um, we've got a, a change happening with, with work. Why don't we, mm -hmm. we want to make a whole of life change? And it was something we'd always wanted to do, my wife and I, was to get up here and, and um, we set the plan about to make that happen and got yes. up here. So I actually added another layer of complexity to my job yeah. search by doing that. Um, so you know, plan A was to find something up here uh, mm -hmm. on the North Coast. Plan B was to commute to either a Sydney or Brisbane, which quite frankly wouldn't have been no. um, the greatest, but you, got, you do what you have to do, right? Um, well, it's a beautiful part of the world, but now I'm concerned. Is everything okay? Because the fire is <laughs> as <yeah>. we speak. <laughs> yeah, we're quite fortunate. So we're on the coast. We're on the coast, oh, so we're okay. quite fortunate. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, we're... Uh, yeah, we certainly we're reminded every day of the fires with the smoke and whatnot. But yeah, um, yeah Touchwood, we haven't had a direct impact, thankfully. That's uh, great, and I, I like what you just told me because you know people sometimes worry so much about being made redundant when in fact it can allow you the opportunity to make such great, interesting choices in your life and, and take a leap that you've been postponing. And that's I think that was the large part for us was well we've got the change coming, we know it's coming. Mm -hmm. We just you know take as you say take the leap and and you know, trust that we, things will work out well for us. And, and as I say, it added a layer of complexity to the job hunt because you know, the yes. volume of roles up here are not, there's not the same volume of jobs, obviously, um, right. as you get in Melbourne or Sydney. But by the same token, um, it also then made, meant that I was able to be very focused on what I wanted. Um, you know, you, mm -hmm. At the same time as applying for roles here, I was applying for roles in Brisbane and Sydney I see. And the one thing I would say is that the roles in Brisbane and Sydney, there was quite a diverse range of roles I was applying for, whereas up here it was very specific, very targeted. I see. Um, so I think the move, whilst it lowers the pool of job opportunity, it, mm -hmm. it enables you to be very focused. Um, and if you've got a really specific goal in mind, it enables yes. you to really hone in on that because you don't have the spread, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. That's interesting. And also, you know, are you the first point that you made in your amazing LinkedIn post, which I will mention um, when I do the introduction for you, is that you said your network is huge. 
And I'm assuming you didn't have such a huge network where you're now living. Is that correct? Oh, exactly right. So what I meant by my network is huge is that the, the power of the network is huge. Like, I, yeah, yes. But absolutely up here, um, you know, I left a very strong Melbourne network. Uh, you know, zero network, Sydney, Brisbane, you know, and North Coast. You know, okay. No network to hear of, up, you know, to speak of up here at all. In saying that, in the time up here, I've been able to develop some good contacts okay. and actually ended up getting another job interview up here for another role purely through network. Um, and my comment about network, what I noticed through the process that I went through and others went through the redundancy of other friends I'd spoken to was how many people picked up roles through the hidden market. Mm. So they weren't advertised roles. Um, it was through their network. Um, it was an opportunity that came purely from having conversations and the like. Yes. Did, did, did you get your role through your network or did you apply? I'm assuming you applied for something since you were new to the region. Yeah, this, is that right? Yeah, this one was yes. applied for. That's right. Okay. Uh, but the beautiful thing and where the network came into play with this was the recruiter was well connected to a couple of my connections. Uh, so there was see? a credibility transfer immediately and the ability to talk to my connections about yes. that recruiter to get an understanding. And, you know, Really, they talk about six degrees of separation, right? Um, yes. And LinkedIn shows that so strongly. Um, you don't have to look too far to see who's connected to who. And, and that really was a very strong um, tool for me uh, to get conversation with the recruiter about this role. And indeed, when I was in the interview with the, um, the new organisation, a couple of the, you know, one of the interviewers knew some, some people I knew. So again, that connection that you can, you can sort of search through on LinkedIn and get an understanding of. Yes, yes, no, absolutely. And, um, and you mentioned the second point you made was rejections. And I'm assuming you, you got quite a few. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah, yeah a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. Were, you, I, I, were you surprised? Uh, so, yes, I was. Uh, you, know, you sort of, you, you have a read of a role and you see all, you know, I did, when I looked at jobs on, you know, on Seek and, and in LinkedIn and whatever else, I wouldn't look at this. I wouldn't spend as much time looking at the skills required mm -hmm. as I would looking at the responsibilities. Because I figure mm -hmm. the responsibilities tell you what they want, what the employer wants someone to be able to do. The skills are their version of what skills are needed to do that. But I, I looked at it and said, well, actually, those responsibilities, can I do those with the skill set I have? Because it may not align directly to the skill set they're talking about. So mm -hmm. I looked at responsibilities a lot. And saw a lot of roles where I thought I meet the brief there, meet the brief there, and applied and had conversations with recruiters. Now, I suppose my initial process was shooting out um, CV and a cover letter, mm -hmm. and getting no getting no response, and being a little bit again because I was new to this, being a little bit sort of um, surprised at that. Uh, then I evolved to having a conversation with the recruiters before shooting the CV here and at the same time as shooting the CV. And I know that got me shortlisted for a few roles that a right. CV alone wouldn't have got me shortlisted for. So that was a, yeah. a sort of an evolution of my process that, that worked in mm -hmm. saying that it still didn't get me to the table for interview in a lot of, in, in any of those instances. And that was the hardest part. I think when I, when I got through to the recruiter and had the conversation and they, I got a really positive hearing from them and not, and then got shortlisted by them. Mm -hmm. to then go from shortlist to not getting interviewed. That was probably the point in time where I had the doubt 
if you like, about my mm-hmm. um, away from finance and into mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what I wanted to get into in the project world. Um, yes. were, you, that, were you applying for roles that um, were not finance? So were you already trying to do that career transition into not-for-profit? I was, I was looking. So not-for-profit was my my absolute goal but as a backup i was also looking at roles in um you know in, in projects so transformation roles with you know, if it was in banking well and good but you know really transformation roles where so my, my background the last sure. three years of my time at nab so prior to yeah the last three years of my time at nab i've been working in transformation so i've been okay. on a, a program that did a, a significant um transformation within that and landed really successfully. So it was a very mm-hmm. positive project. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, I'd been in frontline business, yeah. business finance and the like, but my time there had really, I suppose, piqued my interest about transformation. And I, I actually quite, you know, I was quite passionate about the transformation process and yes. quality execution, quality delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was applying for roles in that space. Um, Interesting. So you were really ticking the boxes and still not getting shortlisted. And most interestingly, you were getting ghosted. Now that happens to my clients a lot as well. So I um, support people that are going through um, recruitment phases, interviews, job searches, and we really align the resumes with the um, candidate spec, you know, or, or job description, whatever we get hand, our hands on. And still we cannot get through to the recruiters. Yep. It's so interesting. And I have clients that range from 100, 150K annual to 250 plus. And even within the 250 plus where you would think the recruiter or the headhunter would will try to connect with to as many good candidates as they can. Nope. No response. It is incredible, isn't it? It's a fascinating industry. Um, mm. you know, one one saying I'm, I've you know, sort of always thought of is, you know, follow the money. So, you know, you, who's paying the bill for the recruiter? It's the, mm. the hiring company. Um, I actually had this conversation with a, an ex-recruiter who, who said that it's become a very transactional um sort of a role for a lot of the newer recruiters uh, that's yes. their view of it and i can see that that i can see that view playing through i've got mm-hmm. to say there were some recruiters who took a lot of time and really were yes. um sincere and and yes. i think bought into my story and that's for me that's that's the gold right is where you get mm-hmm. a recruiter who buys into your story um mm-hmm. and that's that conversation piece right that actually having the conversation, if you can get the time for a coffee with them, the time for a coffee, yeah. just that, as I say, just that, because my story is unique and every, everyone's a unique person, but yes. I know my story was unique with the transition I was looking for. Uh-huh. So for, for the recruiters, to me, it's being able to grab the recruiters or get into the recruiters who, um, as I say, buy your story. I agree. Yeah. And and also, you know, I want to to, uh, go into that story a bit further, but can I just say, you know, um, what I mean when I say some recruiters ghost you is that not all recruiters ghost you, but there's a range of 
quality of service I, I, I have found. And some are really wonderful um, people that will keep connected with good candidates, even when they don't fit the brief of the job that you're applying for, or you, know, you just missed out by a small margin, they will keep in touch with you, whereas others don't talk to you at all. So you know, it's a really big range and people just Correct. need to know that, that it's there. But were you comfortable with your uh, redundancy story? Because some people are uncomfortable talking about being made redundant. You know, well, I, yeah, I know well, from my clients, some of them really struggle with that. How did you feel? So look, I, again, I, I think I was fortunate because I had time to process mm -hmm. um, uh, in the lead up. Yeah, Because I, I knew the redundancy was coming for longer than people ordinarily do. So I was fortunate because I was able to process it for mm -hmm. a period of time. Um, to really get myself ready for it. Um, and I was leaving in a really positive way. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I was leaving an, I, I was, I transitioned from my traditional frontline people leadership role into the transformation role. Um, I knew the transformation role had an end date because the transformation finished. Yes. Um, and I knew I was leaving, um, in a really having completed a really impactful role. So I yes. felt like I was leaving on a high and the time was right to leave. Yeah. Um, so that made my redundancy story, um, you know, I mean, when I say story, it's an authentic piece because it's yes. from the heart, but it made my, my, I, describe it, I felt internally very strong and very comfortable with mm -hmm. the redundancy and mm -hmm. how it happened, why it happened and how I felt about it. I was very positive about it. So that's very interesting. Um, yeah. It's yeah, and I think there's again, I, I look at it and say, yeah, you know, in my personal experience, I had time. And I think mm -hmm. that where people don't have time, it's hard. It would it would be harder. Um yes. you don't have the time to process. It's all happening in a rush. If you haven't been through it before, there's a lot of unknowns, there's a lot of it's there's a lot of information coming at you. There's a lot yes. of uncertainty. There's a grieving process that you, you probably, you know, dealt with it much better because you had such a great employer and because you knew it was coming and you knew the role was a transformational role. It's a very curious um, way of putting it. I've always had transformational roles, so I'm notorious, have always been notorious for shooting myself on the foot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's, part, it's part of the... Yes, yeah, yes, yes. So, you know, if I'm head of governance and all of a sudden uh, we don't have 39 committees anymore, we only have nine, you don't really need a head of governance. So I told my boss, you know, can I move on to something else? And I, I moved on and, you know, I, I have been doing transformations like that for quite some time. So now I have my own business and that's um, much better. I can manage my own I can shoot myself on the foot and move on to another client. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it as well. I think, yeah, and that's yeah. the other bit right about, that's the, I think that's, the, there's also an element of being open to change. Um, yes, you know, yes. from what you've just described there of going from, well, you know, I recognise that there was, didn't have the need for that role and now I'm working for myself, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. There's that, you know, we, People who have been with an organisation for a long time are almost hardwired to, I've been with the organisation a long time, I have to be with an employer a long time. Yes. It's actually, yeah, the world's changed. Um, yes. Yeah, and, and that's something I think, particularly people you know, in my sort of bracket who've been with an you know, organisation for you know, 20 plus years, mm -hmm. um, it's actually quite refreshing to think, well, I can go and work 
uh, and I'm obviously I, I would like to think I'll be with my new employer for a number of years, but I can be there. I don't have to be there for twenty-seven years. You know what I mean? I'll be there yes. for five years. There's exactly. no there's no rules. It's um it's quite refreshing. That's wonderful. You're a very positive person, Alistair. And the, your final point in your uh, LinkedIn post was you had fun. What was fun about it? So look, the yeah, even this, Renata, this is completely new to me. I've never been on a podcast before. I only just found <laughs> out about them. I only just found out about them after getting made redundant. I'm a bit of a not that tech savvy, so as you know from all the tech issues we had early, yeah. um, I only found out about podcasts when I um, after my redundancy and, and uh -huh. I thought, gee, they're great, and there here I am on one. So things like that have been <laughs> fun, you know, um, connecting with some people I hadn't spoken to for ages. And look, there's an awkwardness to that because it's like, geez, I haven't talked to them for ages, and there here I am, sort of out the blue, saying, hey, let's catch up. But that's it's actually fun to reconnect. Yes, um, and, and yeah. you would be. I mean, you're probably surprised that people were very keen to reconnect, and, right? And there's the, that's the bit as well. It, yeah, the, the the amount of help that people genuinely offer it was just lovely. You know, the number of you know, friend, you know, people who yeah, you know, we were we were acquaintances through work, but I'd say have become you know really really good friends through this process, just through the reassurance if you're getting constant rejections, looking at your CV giving you some ideas or opening doors up for you and things like that. So to me, there was fun in that com in those conversations. And to be honest, talking to not all the recruiters, but a lot of the recruiters I spoke to, it was actually fun catching up with them. They were some really nice people and it was yes. really good to get to know people. Yes, um, yes. I was really lucky, as I mentioned earlier, the bridge through NAB, my career coach, Emma, she was great to get to know and she was a genuinely sincere and nice person. Shout out to Emma then. I that's exactly. Oh, yeah, totally. But um, yeah, she was someone who um, genuinely had my best interests at heart and was working hard with me to help get that and gave me pump ups when I needed them and things like that. So mm -hmm. yeah, all of that's, you know, all of that combined together, I would class as having made the process fun, like actually having those conversations, catching up with people and, and just seeing how genuinely supportive and yeah. helpful and sincere people are in wanting to see you succeed yes um, that, that made it very lovely and and now that you're so open up to that network and catching up it will be it will serve you really well in a new um, town because you've moved and you need to be very open and continue to grow your um your network yes so now you know, absolutely. I hope that stays with you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Renata. And the other bit is playing it forward, right? So as, as helpful as people were to me, you know, I, I've already had um, a couple of conversations with people who contacted me, again, after seeing my, my post, um, just wanting to just have a chat about what I did and how I did it. So, mm -hmm. you know, again, that's, that's, that's part of the process. It's like people help me. I'm keen to sort of be that support for others who are going through... Um, going through the process as well because you know, it's amazing don't give thought to it until you're in the spot but there's a lot of people out there looking for roles at the moment yes there are do you think that there are lots of people um that left the banking and finance sector are you finding that um there was a big um uh, restructure in the sector recently so there's a, not, not, so i would say it's not just um banking and finance specific mm -hmm. yes i know there have been uh, you know restructures within NAB and within the other banks mm -hmm. and there'll be more expect but also I've, I've talked you know talked to other um, people from outside banking and finance who have gone through you know restructures in their organizations as well um, mm -hmm. you know so 
large organisations are constantly having a look at, at how they operate and how they become more efficient. Mm. That's leading to a lot of change for a lot of people and that's um, not going to go away, I wouldn't expect. Uh, and I think, for me, that's going to cause a lot of people... You know, it's going to create some, uh, you know, some, some heartache for some people along the way because it isn't easy looking for a role and there are mm -hmm. lots of good quality people out there looking for them. Um, yes. But I think my comments out of my post about some of the tips, if you like, for making keeping the right mindset, mm. I think helps. And yeah. the other bit I'd say about mindset is, as you go into, you know, an interview, um, and if you've got you, you, know, you get to that point, you know, you've, you've been knocked back, knocked back, knocked back. Um, being able to take the positive mindset into the room is critical to show, you know, your prospective employer the best of you. And Absolutely. I would like, I would like to think that the role I got. I was successful at the interview because of authenticity and transparency mm -hmm. and, and because of my genuine passion to get into not-for-profit. Because I know I didn't tick every single box again um, for that role, um, mm -hmm. but I know I ticked a, a lot of boxes and I think that um, being able to demonstrate a passion for the role and an authenticity about why I wanted the role um, and also having done a heck of a lot of research about it and about them prior to the interview stood me instead. Oh, excellent. Alistair, I think that's a great way to finish off our conversation. It's been super lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. And I didn't expect that it was a sea change as well as a <laughs> sector change. So that was icing on the top for me. I really love your story and I hope it resonates to a lot of the listeners. And I will yeah. end up by inviting you to join the podcasts group. We have a private group on Facebook. And um, you might, you could be a great mentor to many people that are joining us on that private group. So I'll send you a link so you can join us there. Thank you very much. That'd be great. And um, thank you for your time. It's been good fun. Um, as I say, first time I've um, been on a podcast. So oh, I hope it's not the last time. You might <laughs> be on, on the podcast uh, to talk about your not-for-profit career. So that's He's hoping. Great. He's hoping. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> thank Thanks so much, Renata. Okay. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Alistair is such a great talker and we could have gone on for another hour for sure. As we were saying our goodbyes, he mentioned how important planning was for his job search and I just wanted to hit record and start all over again because planning is my middle name. I am obsessed with planning. But it goes to show it is very important indeed and I'd be happy to help with that. So stay tuned for future content on planning for job hunting. I think it's really important that we touch on that on future episodes. As I mentioned earlier, after listening to Alistair, I felt that I could share with you an email template to help you reach out to headhunters and recruiters that you don't know. It may be that they are experts in your field sector or they work in a town or a city that you want to move to, like Alistair did. Remember to adapt the tone of this template to suit your sector, as this template was created by me for a more formal corporate um, environment. So, for example, if you are in retail or communications, you may want to review it and adapt it, make it a little bit more casual. 
you should also add your own authentic flair to it, of course. So um, happy for you to do that. And if you have any questions or you want to share your new version, um, use the podcast group to do that and we will certainly give you feedback. Okay, so you will find this template on my website on this link, renatabernardi.com forward slash eight bonus renatabernardi.com forward slash eight bonus. I will also add this link to the episode notes. (laughs) I should have thought of that before. Okay, bye for now.